Do you really know the world surrounding you? Do you sometimes feel that other worlds seem to exist beneath the surface of space, time, and reality? Can you picture in your head a situation where all these worlds crash down around you? Can you touch the other side? These are the tales of the fantastic, the macabre, and the supernatural. Boldly influenced in depth by the powers that were, the powers that are, and the powers that will be. Welcome to Dark Charm Presents. Darkness, as pitch as black, adorned by the sound of pouring rain. And the only light coming from anywhere is the occasional set of headlights passing down a two-lane highway. It is September, 1983. Henry and Anna Reeves are on their way home from a late-night showing of Eddie and the Cruisers. Anna has a thing for Michael Parry, as many women do. The two converse candidly as the Rolling Stones croon time softly on the radio. Neither are aware of a dark figure emerging from the roadside ditch, and when their headlights finally reveal the mystery, it's almost too late. Holy smokes! The couple are beyond alarmed and take a moment to collect themselves. Before them, in the pouring rain, a young woman stands disheveled, bloody, and most certainly in need. She waves to them for help. Oh my goodness, Henry! Where in the... Just look at her! I, 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 I think we should go. Henry, get her in the car. She needs help. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll see what I can do. Are you okay? It's okay. You're gonna be fine. Come, come with us. Yes. Oh, dear. What happened to you? I, I don't know. Huh? You're pregnant? Oh. <laughs> Sleep comes down on the young woman like a thousand furies, and the young couple see that the night's events will have a big change in their plans. I mean, she doesn't even remember. Uh, well, she's, she's waking up. We'll, we'll talk about it Hi there. Henry turns his attention towards the girl. She is fumbling under some blankets on a couch. Where am I? Are you? The young woman is perplexed and speaks in a confused tone. She isn't really sure of what's real and what oh, isn't. You must have been really roughed up bad, Molly. Uh, oh, I hope you don't mind. I looked at the ID in your back pocket. Uh, Henry and I here are just trying to figure out who you are. The fog of sleep slowly lifts from Molly's mind as she looks around. She realizes she is on a comfortable couch under two blankets, her head barely lifting off the pillow that was cradling her. Her wet, torn, and bloody clothes are gone, and she's now wearing some very old-fashioned pajamas. The memory of what happened to her has since faded. The house was nice. It was filled with contemporary furniture and fixtures. Big sliding doors led to a vast backyard, and she could see a dense forest in the distance, all colored orange by the early rising sun. You saved me? Did you, did you see what happened? Did you see anything? I can't remember anything. <sighs> I'm sorry, we didn't. 
We were lucky we saw you when we did. Very lucky indeed. Uh, with all this gosh darn rain, it's been near treacherous to drive Henry, these roads. Language? Molly mouthed the words gosh darn in disbelief that someone still spoke like that, let alone thought it vulgar. Pain presents itself to her as it goes from a dull ache to a raging fire on the side of her head. She reaches up and tries to touch where the wound is, finding only bandages. Her head is wrapped meticulously with thought and care. Molly tries her hardest to recall any details before she was found, but there is nothing. Sorry, did I get hit in the head or something? Feels like I got whacked on by a freight train. I just don't remember shit. Um, I just don't remember anything. Do you remember anything you can tell me? I, we wish we could answer that for you, but honestly, we, we just have no idea. I'm Anna, by the way. Henry forgets his manners. We've both been looking after you for the two days that you've two been Two days? Out. Oh my god! Jesus Christ, dude! I gotta call my parents! They're gonna be so worried! Can I use your phone, please? <sighs> of course, dear. It's in the kitchen. Uh, come on, I'll help you to it. Hey. Oh, two days. Uh. Uh, what's the matter, dear? I... Uh, I can't remember the number. My head. I just can't remember the number. That's a shame. Do you remember any of it at all? Um, uh, do you have a phone book? I can check in the phone book. Of course we do. (laughs) We're we're not the Flintstones, you know. (laughs) There you go. My last name is, um, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and something. (gasps) Anderson. How did you know? <laughs> Your ID, dear. Uh, right. Yeah, I just forgot. Fuck, there's like a hundred Andersons in the phone book. How are you going to find it? Language, Molly, please. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, uh... Now, now. She's not used to the house rules. No need to get huffy. We can forgive. We can forgive one little slip. All right. <laughs> I apologize, Molly. We're a little bit more old-fashioned than most folks. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. I just, I just forgot. I wasn't at home. Uh, head injury and all. Like I just can't remember. This says it's from 1973. This is ten years old. I don't even know if my address would still be the same. Is it? Golly, uh, we really need to get a new one. I didn't realize we were so out of date. <laughs> I guess we really are the Flintstones. <laughs> Henry, this is no time for jokes. Molly, don't you worry. You can stay with us as long as you need. We'd love to take you into town, but the rains have washed out the roads. Uh, washed out roads? What are we, in the back country or something? Is this West Virginia? Unfortunately, that's more or less the gist of it. Henry and I enjoy our privacy, so we chose to settle down away from the city and such things. We still go out every once in a while to meet friends at the lodge, but that's about it. Yes, yeah, sir. That hustle and bustle lifestyle, it's not really our cup of tea. Oh, speaking of tea, are you hungry, dear? Oh, it must have been a while since you've had something hearty in your stomach. Molly's head is screaming, drowning out the growing pangs of hunger. She agrees to a meal, figuring her situation could only improve. The congregation of three broke apart. Henry goes to the kitchen table to begin setting it and Anna leads Molly to the upstairs to lend her some clothes, other than the pajamas she's wearing. The door to the bedroom closes, and Molly is left alone to change. 
She holds the quaint, simple clothing up in the air to observe it. <sighs> well, I could only get better. Days passed uneventful. The routine of Anna and Henry almost never changed. Breakfast early in the morning at 5.30, lunch at noon, then dinner at 5 p.m. with tea. During the day, Anna indulged her nesting instincts as she fixed up the room for the baby and kept busy with housework. Molly helped out when she could. Henry disappeared to his study, as he was able to work remotely from home. They didn't see him for most of the day. But they never missed tea after dinner, no matter what. Molly's injuries were slow to heal, but the severity of them didn't seem to be serious. Molly's memories, however, had yet to return, and the rain had yet to stop. Are you okay? <gasps> yes, I'm fine. Um, just having a big belly full of baby makes it difficult sometimes to get the laundry to the basement. Well, if I can help, if you want, man, I, I ain't got nowhere to go. I ain't got no baby to worry about. Oh, no, no, it's okay. I can handle it. Besides, the basement is unfinished, and it would be a crime to let a guest see how bad it is. I don't mind. Really? No! Jesus! I'm um, sorry. I didn't mean to, like, insult you or anything. For real. <sighs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to snap at you. It's just... <sighs> it's a wife's job to do the laundry. You know, and hormones. <sighs> oh, hormones, right? Pregnant. Jeez. Let me help you get the laundry back in the basket. Yes. Hormones. You know, I've read that they can drive some women crazy. <clears throat> but yes, thank you. Now, let's get this in here, and later we'll have a nice meal and tea. You know, when I get married, my husband is definitely going to be helping me with the laundry. I ain't doing all this by myself. Oh, was that something that happened often growing up? Did your father help your mother? I... I don't remember. He, um, he... Nah, don't worry, dear. It'll come back. Yeah. Yeah, it will. It can only get better, right? Can't get no worse. It always gets better, dear. Time and time again. Now, let me get this mess down there, and we'll have dinner and tea after, okay? Okay. More days passed. The rain never ceased. Each day was filled with small talk, discussions of the baby, and what it would be named. The nursery was almost complete, and Molly was settling into the lives of Anna and Henry. Her memories were still not returning, but the worry of them ever coming back was beginning to fade away. Every few days, Anna would take the laundry down to the basement and re-emerge with a fresh basket. Molly had access to the whole house and would often spend the days by the window, either trying to remember or simply enjoying the simplicity of the life she was living. Then one day, something changed in the Reeves' routine. Anna returned from the basement and disappeared upstairs, but the door to the downstairs remained open. Molly's curiosity peaked, and she snuck over to the door. She went down the steps as softly as possible. Oh, oh, what, what the fuck? Damn, I really thought this was going to work out. <gasps> what a shame. What is, what is all this? The pain woke Molly up. The throbbing, bleeding wound on the side of her head didn't allow sleep any longer. She struggled to remain conscious, as her eyes adjusted to the sterile, white, blinding lights above her. She couldn't move her arms or legs, and her body was strapped to a table of some kind. The ceiling was covered in a shiny metal, like the rest of the basement. She turned her aching neck to one side. The stairs, washing machine, 
and all the normal things were there. On the other side, however, things were much different. A table of stone was next to her. A dagger of some kind sat beside what looked like black robes upon it. Rough stone bowls that held things she couldn't identify sat next to a small book, bound with what looked to be human skin. Panic sunk in. What the fuck is this? What the fuck? What is this? What are you doing to me? Well, this is nothing but a ritual sacrifice, dear. I got it from my friends at the lodge of the Ordo Vitalis. What the fuck is that? Don't you worry your pretty little head about that. You won't remember much of anything soon. Well, well, well. What a trooper. I'll say she even survived another blow to the head. Would you look at that? <sighs> Why? The miracles never cease. Why are you doing this? I've never done anything bad to you. I've only been good to you. Oh, looks like the tea finally started to work on a permanent basis. Hey, congratulations, dear. It does make a difference once you finally read the instructions, honey. <laughs> the sign of spell said so. Tea? What? You drugged me? You think you can fucking roof oh, me? Oh, heavens, yes. We finally figured out how to get you to drink it regularly, too. Dinner time. You bitch! I... Watch your mouth! No, no, dear. We can't let our emotions get ahead of us. We still have a lot of work to do. You're right, dear. I haven't done anything to you people. Why are you doing this to me? I've been nothing but good to you. Yeah... The drugs have taken effect, so I'll forgive your ignorance. But yes, Molly, you've done plenty. You may not remember, but we do. Nearly a year ago, you and your drunk friends flew around the bend on our street. Your engines roaring, your music, what you think is music, just blaring and you didn't pay any attention to our son Milo who's playing in our driveway. Your friend couldn't control his car, that hoopty, and it jumped the curb hitting him. He died instantly. You and your friends drove away. There was no justice from the police, but we found help elsewhere. Our friends at the lodge gave us the tools we needed, and we have spent a lot of time finding you and your friends. Bringing each of you in and seeing which one was pure enough to be sacrificed. That's right. And sadly, none of them ever were. Diseased, drugged up, or drunks. All of them just completely useless. The sacrifice we need to bring our son back has to be... Yeah, pure. Sacrifice? Pure? You guys are fucking insane. What friends are you even talking about? I don't even remember any of this. You guys are fucking lying, and you're fucking crazy. We wish we were, dear. Believe us. We wish we were. So what is this, man? Some kind of deal with the devil or something? Some kind of satanic bullshit? We did warn you to watch your mouth. Now we have to wash it out. How about some tea? (laughs) No deal, per se, dear. Just some good old-fashioned occult magic from this little book here. A soul for a soul. Sadly, though, you've been the toughest nut to crack. You always seem to escape somehow. But, as those hippies, the the Rolling Stones said, (laughs) Time is on our side. Time? (coughs) Time? 
What are you talking about? You people are fucking crazy! Oh, this little book is just full of wonders. Like a Betty Crocker cookbook. Few choice words, and you're in a time loop. With us, until we can get it right. No matter what happens, you'll just keep repeating the same events over and over and over. Until we sacrifice you, that is. <laughs> right, almost forgot. Now, you stay here, let that tea work its magic, and we'll be back to finish the job. Molly was wet from the tea. She struggled against the restraints, trying to use the liquid as a lubricant. The leather bit into her wrist, but it was a price she was willing to pay for survival. One hand came loose. Minus a few layers of skin, she untied the other, then undid the rest of the straps. Her bare feet hit the floor, and she looked for a way out. The only other door in the room didn't seem like it went anywhere, but she had to try it. Fuck this. She opened the door and was almost bowled over from all the clothes that poured out of it. All of it identical. All of it belonged to her. What the fuck? How many times? No! She scrambled up the stairs, deciding to take the chance of having to fight her way out. She burst out of the door, surprising Henry and Anna, standing in the hallway. They both turned to her, slowly, Henry holding a large hammer. Get her, Henry! Molly screamed in rage and rushed forward, ducking the hammer that Henry swung. She pushed the pregnant lady over, trying to run towards the front door. Molly made it, but struggled with the locks, trying to get it open. A hand grabbed a fistful of her hair from behind and slammed her head into the wood, but she wouldn't let go of the handle. The door finally came open as she was being pulled back. You motherfucker! With all her strength, she turned in Henry's grip and kicked him square in the crotch. He doubled over as she ran out, into the rain, into the dark night. It was cold, but her rage kept her going. She tripped over rocks, crashing harshly to the ground. Branches whipped at her face as she ran by trees. She couldn't remember why she was running anymore, Maybe it was terror. Maybe it was fatigue. She didn't know. She was running for what seemed like hours. Consciousness began to falter. The wound on the side of her head was throbbing, her knees and elbows skinning from falling. Blood stained her clothing, but she had to keep going. Something was behind her. Fear drove her. She tripped again, this time falling on gravel. She looked up just as the bumper of a car missed her head by inches. She'd found a road. Exhaustion finally won. Her feet gave way. She tumbled into a ditch. Help me, please! Someone help me! I can't! I need help! She pushed herself to crawl out of the mud, the frigid rain sapping what little strength she had left, and her vision began to tunnel. She collapsed and tires squealed. A car narrowly avoided her, but it stopped. God damn it, please help me. The world before her collapsed into darkness, save for two beams of light. She felt hope, but that quickly faded to black. Molly didn't know how much time had passed. A car door opened, and she was pushed inside. The light from the interior woke her again. A young lady was in the front seat, her belly swollen. Oh dear, what happened to you out there? I... I don't know. Huh? You're pregnant? <laughs> you have just heard episode 7 
of Dark Charm Presents, Get Better. In the cast, you heard Justin Gregory as the gatekeeper, Miguel Pedroza as Henry Reeves, Emily McNulty as Anna Reeves, and Molly Anderson played by Stacey Atwell. Tune in next time for more tales of the macabre, the supernatural, from the powers that were, powers that are, and powers that will be. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. <laughs>